Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Monday, June 26th. It is uh, now four minutes past 10 o'clock Eastern. And Montreal is where I am, more specifically in my beautiful basement. Built a little podcast studio on my home in Villa Salle. And I save on the rent. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, we're live on uh, YouTube. We're live on Facebook. We're live on Twitter. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please do so. The more subscribers we have on YouTube, the more money we make. It's also a very beautiful thing. Uh, we'd like to thank our partners for bringing you the SICK Podcast. Thank you very much. The Energy Transportation Group, named by the Financial Times, as one of America's fastest-growing companies in 2023. They've been recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top-growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. We both joined the winning team the SICK Podcast, and Energy Transportation Group when we decided to partner up on this venture. We thank them for their support. Also brought to you in part by Playground, your premier gaming destination. Playground's Summer Million is the must-play poker event of the season, featuring 10 championship ring events, $1 million in guaranteed prize pools, and a $500,000 guaranteed main event located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown montreal it is playground and brewed in quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards la Bitta tv offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste la Bitta tv embrace your true nature uh, i was watching the nhl awards at one point i stopped here to prepare the show it's probably over by now or just about we'll get to it in just a second of course we are also also what uh, about 45 hours or whatever it is from the nhl draft speaking of which there's going to be a special time for the Sick Podcast on Wednesday night. All right. The Sick Podcast, which normally airs live at 10 p.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday, will go at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. So put that in your calendar right now. If you don't know how to use a calendar like me on your smartphone, even though there's kind of like a calendar app and it should be the easiest thing to do, if you're like me, send yourself an email. I call my email the subject field. I put important dates. And I have every single date, every single time of where I have to be and stuff like that. That's my schedule. But then I improvise a lot. I'm one of those guys that's a lot into improvisation. Uh, Before we get to our regular collaborator on Mondays, uh, I want to give a special shout-out today to Joe Batista, who's been following us pretty much since day one. 
Joe was listening when I was doing radio. Joe has been listening and watching since day one of the Sick Podcast. And Joe, this one here tonight is dedicated to you because I've been thinking about you. You've reached out to me from time to time. You called in a couple of times, and I've been thinking about you lately. And uh, and I'm with you, Joe. I'm with you. I've been told that Joe loves when I say emozi too. So, Joe, just for you to start this show, from Marinaro to Joe Batista, Joe, emozi mo. Thinking of you, Joe. Love you, buddy. All right, okay. Uh, without further ado, let's bring in our guy from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca, Eric Engels. What's going on? I don't hear you, Eric. Uh, yeah. But we have a green room, too, where we can prepare all this stuff, you know? But lo and behold, this happens to us all the time. Eric, do you hear me? No. It's going to be one of those nights tonight. Tonight is going to be one of those nights. Shane, let's get uh, Eric Engels to the green room. But is it possible? But we, we have one crack there. You got we me got now? It now. Now we got you. What happened? Muted. I was muted. You were muted. Anyways. Yeah. Like my first Zoom call. You're getting a very under-the-weather version of me tonight. Uh, you know what? I'm under yeah. the weather, too. I'm not sick, but my allergies have been destroying me for the last two days. Well, I'm embarrassed to do this, but look at this, okay? Because I shouldn't be doing this. Yes. <laughs> this is me. Yeah. It's not like, fun. I don't know. When you have uh, tissue paper, like who actually has a roll of toilet paper? If my wife would see me with a roll of toilet paper, she would get so upset right now because for whatever reason, like just the littlest of things upset her. And this is one of them, by the way. Uh -huh. Toll, I can't believe you have toilet paper. Oh man! Okay. Yeah, you see. So, so now less, I don't. I don't know if I have a cold. I wasn't sure what you were getting at with the toilet paper. I don't I know if it's a sinus. I don't know if it's allergies. But I spent uh, the last couple of days in New York, and when I got back, I just had the uh, had the sniffles. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of which, uh, congratulations! I haven't had a chance to do this, but um, one day I'm going to have them on. Okay, I'm going to have them on. But uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper. Olivier Maxence Prosper, I met when he was 10 years old. Um, he was, uh, he came highly um, recommended. Uh, he was a very, very good soccer player playing out of the region of Laval. If memory serves me well, he was playing for the club called Fabros. And um, he came out to some tryouts. And uh, him and my son ended up playing on a team uh, out of Montreal that went to Spain and Portugal to play in a very prestigious youth tournament. At uh, 15 years old, he uh, he um, decided on basketball and not soccer, and it looks like he made a pretty good choice because today he stands at uh, at uh, six foot eight with a wingspan of uh, of uh, I don't know how much, but a lot. And he was drafted on um, I don't even remember the nights now because it just went so far. On Thursday night, he was drafted. A 24th overall by Sacramento, who dealt the pick to the Dallas Mavericks. So my son and I, as well as probably, uh, give or take, about 50 other Montrealers, made our way down to show some support. So to Omax, uh, who was drafted by uh, Sacramento and dealt to the Dallas Mavericks, congratulations. We're very, very happy for you. So anyway, I came back from New York, and I got the sniffles. But anyway, so it's, it's no big deal. Uh, okay, so uh, there's a lot going on today in the National Hockey League, a lot. Earlier today, the Boston Bruins traded Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno 
to the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, we know that over the past couple of years, Chicago traded a lot of players uh, and they traded away a lot of money. So they probably have to inherit some contracts. That's number one. Number two, they don't want Connor Bedard to be alone. And he just found himself a line mate in Taylor Hall. Should they keep him there and not move that pick? And uh, Boston also traded Shane Bowers to uh, the Devils in return for defenseman Riley Walsh. So when all is said and done, the Boston Bruins are now 10.937 million dollars under the cap. Eric, what are they brewing in Boston? <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, like they have to be prepared for the inevitability that potentially Patrice Bergeron or David Krejci decide, or both of them decide that. They're done playing hockey. You know, I think it was a big decision for them to extend their careers this last year. And um, if they decide to continue to do so, that's great news for Boston. And, and then they'll try and load up their team to make another run at it, right? Like a last dance kind of feel to it like it had yeah. this year. If those guys are gone or one is gone or two is gone, you know, like this is one of those situations where who knows? You know, like I think there's a lot of opportunity. I don't know if free agency is necessarily the avenue that any GM is overly excited about. We'll see what shakes out on the trade market. You know, like you mentioned, we had a couple today. Um, there's a couple pending, and uh, there's one big one that I know a lot of people are interested in. That, uh, as far as I'm concerned, right now is not all booked up and done yet. So we'll see. All right. So you know what? Without further ado, let's get to it. Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, and then there were two, maybe more so one more than the other. But based on what we're hearing, it looked like Pierre-Luc Dubois was on his way to Los Angeles, who are still in pole position. Are the Canadians still in or are they out? And if they're still in, if Eric, if they're out, it would lead me to believe that the deal would be done so that it's not done. It leads me to believe that they're still in, but I don't know that. Are they? Yeah, I think they're still in. Uh, still in with the caveat that you know this is I would I would frame it this way it's Los Angeles player it's Los Angeles's player to lose at this point you know they they have the pieces I kind of want to go off on a, a side tangent here you know like go go off go off on the tangent Eric go off on the tangent I under, I understand Kevin Chevaldeoff's mandate here as I uh, am sporting my Maui gyms by the way which I like very very much. And if uh, Maui Jim would like me uh, like to send me a couple of pairs, I'd be more than happy to endorse. Okay, well. I'll take a couple too. Um, no, listen, the Winnipeg Jets need to sell tickets. Me too. He wants to take a couple to it. You know they had they had a tough end of uh, end of year, obviously, and the yeah. situation that kind of blew up with Rick Bonus and all the players. You have three pillar kind of players in Hellebuck, yeah. Dubois, Shifley, who could all be gone. Wheeler as well, who was the captain, is no longer the captain. And could be bought out as far as we're hearing. Yeah, Quest Football. And they want to retool their roster, right? Yeah. They, they don't want to just go down the road of a rebuild. Yeah. I understand it. From from a sales perspective, I get it. You know, they need to sell tickets. It's a market where they absolutely need season ticket renewals, um, where they want to invigorate their their fan base and make them believe that if they're going to lose some really great players there. Yeah, they're going to bring some really good ones in to make sure that they're competitive and potentially even better than they were when the chemistry broke in Winnipeg. But do they need to do it in one deal? You know, the Dubois thing is obviously, you know, as as colleagues have reported and suggested, and rightly so. Yeah, yeah. 
the Kings have a better offer on the table for what Winnipeg is looking to do, right? If it includes Velarde, which is a name that we believe is definitely involved in this deal, if yeah. it includes Ayafalo, which is another name that potentially is in this deal, um, I don't think, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that they want to trade Quinton Byfield. But if that ends oh, up, if they being, do that, they're crazy. Well, but if that ends up being the thing that pushes it over the edge. It'll be because they have identified Pierre Luc Dubois as the guy that absolutely is better than Quinton Byfield, and they're Correct. okay doing it. I don't and, think and they, they don't do think it. they don't think Byfield will ever hit Dubois level. Yeah, I don't think I don't you know I don't think they want to do that. So I, I you know it might be moot in the end. Yeah, but the bottom line is like they have Hellebuck, they have Shifley. They don't need to necessarily retool exclusively through the Dubois deal. You know, Montreal has more futures to offer. Maybe Montreal wants to find another team that has the type of pieces Winnipeg would be interested in and trade some of their futures that Winnipeg's not interested in to acquire some of the players that Winnipeg would want. You know, there's a lot of different ways you could skin this cat. Um, I clear What's clear to me is that Montreal is not in pole position from a trade perspective. From a contract perspective, speaking with my sources, Neither the Kings nor the Canadians have had an opportunity to speak contract with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Pat Brissot. Um, it's What's clear to me, Eric, yeah. is that optics are everything. And the Montreal Canadiens, if they don't acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois, they have to show that they give it their best shot. Because or else they're going to get crucified from you know a sector of the fan base that well, wants this I mean, player and a sector me. of the media that wants this player. So they have to show that. And by the way, I'm sure they're interested. I'm sure they're interested. But you well, know. you say they have to show that they're doing everything possible, but they're clearly not doing everything possible to get the player. If they if they were really willing to go all in and all out to get yeah. the player, they'd have the player. Uh, he wants to be here. Um, this was never going to be a thing for Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon of we're willing to do anything and everything to get Pierre-Luc Dubois to Montreal. If he really wants to be here, then he'll step up and, and decide his own fate. If Pierre-Luc Dubois really wants to be a Montreal Canadian, he could tell the LA Kings he is not interested in signing a long-term deal with them and won't sign a long-term deal with them. And the place he wants to be, he could tell the Winnipeg Jets is Montreal and to work out a deal with them. And that's why... When we say the Canadians are still in this, yeah, it is on the faint possibility that that becomes a scenario here based on however the negotiations go. Maybe LA works out a trade with Winnipeg yeah. where Winnipeg would accept the trade and then they're able to speak to Dubois and they don't like what they're hearing in that conversation in terms of what the salary and the structure of the deal would look like. You're right, I think Eric. it's far-fetched. I think it's unlikely. I think the Kings are likely to get the player, but... Eric, you know, I think you're. I think you're right. Ultimately, it comes down to Dubois. Like, if Dubois really wants to be a Montreal Canadian, he can be. Yes. You know, if he's going to be a Los Angeles King, it's because he had some thinking to do, and ultimately he decided, you know what, LA is a pretty good, cool place to go. I'm going to go. Yeah. If he really wants to be a Montreal Canadian, it might require the Montreal Canadians to get a little bit creative to do something that's fair for the Winnipeg Jets. Because they're not interested in just a package of futures. I, I can tell you one thing. Yeah. There's zero, there's zero chance the Canadians would trade Kirby Doc to get Pierre-Luc Dubois. That would defeat the entire purpose of what they're trying to do here. Um, all those names. Whoever. Yeah, whoever. Schooley, you, know, you know, forget about it. Jack, I forget about it. From a Montreal Hockey perspective, whoever wants it. to trade Kirby Doc 
for Pierre-Luc Dubois, knowing the first season that Doc had with the Canadians, knowing that he can play center, knowing that he can play wing, knowing that he showed us so many incredible flashes, knowing that he looks like it to be a real good package as well. You know, you need to have it checked upstairs here because there's something not going right if you want to trade. You didn't even mention the contract. $3.5 million over the next four years. I mean, yeah. that, that contract, three. is it's a steal for the Canadians. Three more years, yeah. It, but for three four. more because it's a four-year deal. It's a steal. Yeah, so listen, I, I mean, I was on with you. I, I made my case. I said, you know, do I think the Canadians are a much better team if they get Pierre-Luc Dubois and they have Kirby Doc and Nick Suzuki? Yeah. yeah. I, I think they they pull that off and walk away with any one of Will Smith or Ryan Leonard or David Reinbacher from the draft. They They win the week. You know, like it's – and I'm yeah. sure Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are compelled by the idea of doing exactly that. I'm sure they'd love to make it work, but it's got to work both ways. It's got to work based on Dubois asserting that this is absolutely where he wants to be above and beyond anywhere else and doesn't want to sign anywhere else. And then it's got to work in terms of convincing Winnipeg, you know, we're not going to leave you hanging here. We're not going to screw you over, but we're also yeah. not going to bend over to get a player who we know in a year from now would walk to us. Um, if Dubois decides that he's not willing to sign long-term with Los Angeles and that thing falls apart, you know, there's a legitimate question as to whether or not he even gets traded to the Canadians. Maybe yeah. Winnipeg says the best deal we're going to get is somewhere that's going to give Dubois a one-year one contract and be willing to rent him right now on the market. And the Canadians say to themselves, we don't have an issue with that because come next July, we have a pretty strong sensation that he'll, he'll come our way and we'll sign him. So we'll see where this all goes. All signs right now seem to point to this working out with Los Angeles. Where his agent uh, lives, by the way, Pat Brisson, and, uh, you know, the general manager of the Los Angeles Kings and uh, his right-hand yeah. man. Rob Blake and Mark Bergevin are like this with uh, with um, Pat Brisson. And we know that uh, Mark Bergevin is the president of the Pierre-Luc Dubois fan club. We know that ever since uh, Bergevin was the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, and they tried to acquire that pick because they were very, very high on the... Uh, again, the again, kind of a yes and no situation. Like, if Mark loved him enough to give up Suzuki or Kakaniemi, he'd be here by now, probably. So... Everything is – everybody likes the player. The people you're talking about liking the player. The Canadians like the player. You know, Mark Bergevin liked the player. But it's never an all-or-nothing proposition. Um, the Kings have the pieces to be able to go down that road. The Canadians don't. You know, if the Canadian structure deal, logically speaking, if Winnipeg wants players that are ready to play on their roster, like – Who's really appealing? Who's really appealing in terms of guys that they don't actually have, right? Like you have Josh Anderson. If you lose Dubois and you lose Shifley and you lose Wheeler, that could be a valuable player for you. So he's one of them. Contract regardless, he's under contract for a while, and that's a good thing for Winnipeg, even if it's paying him a bit more than what his actual market value would be based on his production. Um, outside so what allergies that, do you have exactly? Because I'm oh man, suffering I, just I, looking at you. Hay fever, grass, trees, uh, dust, and uh, probably the smoke that's blowing it all over the place. Yeah, so I, I, I hear you. A good couple of days. Anyways. I used to have that, by the way, and I used to take Claritin. Now, at one point, like when I was about 20 years old or whatever, it just went away. You're lucky. I hope it yeah. just goes away by when I wake up tomorrow morning. and then, I'll, then I won't sound like this or look like this, but 
I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, so so we'll see where this all goes. That like the Canadians ultimately might have to acquire a piece. Things of go away in life, you know that. Yeah, things go away. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife had a certain drive, and we got married, and went away. That drive is gone. And family show. All right, let's get back on track over here because I'm gonna get myself in trouble. Uh, okay, it was the? Uh, I thought it was funny, Eric. Give me a laugh. Come on, just come on, just so she won't get mad at me. Give me a smile. Laugh. I had to mute myself. I don't want to be sniffling on your. Uh, on no, your no, no, don't, don't, don't sniffle. No, 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 it might be contagious. Uh, hey, uh, a quick shout out to Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal, as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics: one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They're also opening soon in Quebec City. Visit MurphyClinic.ca or on Instagram. I'm at Murphy Clinic. All right, okay. Uh, why don't we get to uh, some of the awards, okay? We can bring them up. Shane Gaumont is at Master Control. Say hello to Shane because the Cavallaros, by the way, are uh, in Orlando at a uh, at a convention for families of SMA, spinal muscular atrophy. So they're involved in meetings pretty much every day for the next couple of weeks, giving their time. So hello to the Cavallaros who are in Orlando. And uh, hello to Shane Gomo, who's back at Master Control. And uh, and he's doing everything that needs to be done here. Uh, Shane, can you bring up some of the voting? All right. Calder Trophy, Matty Beneers of the Seattle Kraken running away uh, just ahead of uh, Stuart Skinner, goalie of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Eric... Uh, no surprise. By the way, you're a part of the uh, Professional uh, Hockey Writers Association, are you not? Absolutely. And I do very proudly vote on the awards. Uh, oh, amazing. And I, and I could give you my, my ballot for the Calder Trophy. Yeah, uh, who did in, you have? In order, I had Matty Beneers first. Uh, guy that finished fourth here in Matias Michelli, I had second. Um, had a fantastic season with Arizona and really under the radar. And, you know, when you're voting on these awards from yeah. Montreal – you make sure to balance whatever East Coast bias you might have and that we watch a lot more hockey centrally closer to our market. Um, I really scoured, you know, throughout the season to take a look at who's doing what, where. Um, Owen Power came in third in my in my ballot. There he is, third in the Calder Trophy voting amongst the entire PHWA. Uh, and then I got Jake Sanderson in Ottawa and Stuart Skinner. Uh, goaltender in Edmonton so yeah you know it, it looks relatively similar to what we see here and relatively similar to what the three finalists were um, actually all the awards uh, the only award where I didn't have one of the finalists in there on my ballot was uh, Kale McCarr and that just came down to games played for the Norris so Okay, let's go to uh, another award. Let's go. What do we have next? Just bring him up, uh, Shane. Norris Trophy. Eric Carlson, San Jose. Number one, Adam Fox. Number two, Kale McCarr. Number three. It's unbelievable, Carlson, by the way, with a couple of injuries that he had at his age. Ended up having the season that he had. Uh, I had him winning the Norris, too. Who do you have, uh, Eric? Well, before I get into it, I'm just going to say... Definitely the hardest award to vote on this year. And just the thought of leaving certain people on this list off, uh, off my ballot made me lose sleep. Like, seriously. Dougie Hamilton, the season he had, not on my ballot. Um, Kale McCarr, just because of games played, not on my ballot. Hampus okay. Lindholm, 
Um, really, unfortunately for him, when it came to my ballot, uh, a victim of how good Boston was and how good they are defensively from a forward perspective. Yeah. Um, Cause honestly he was incredible. Uh, I have Eric Carlson number one. I'm happy to see that 123 people gave him their first place vote. Yeah. Um, and if you tabulate the numbers here, you could see exactly how many people vote. So that's, it's 123 out of, I don't know, uh, something like 180 voters, uh, 170 voters. Yeah. Um, I understand the age-old argument, all offense versus complete defenseman, this and that. Yeah, this guy had a historic season, and yeah, part of my reason for and and it was really a strong debate for me giving him my first vote. Yeah, because I am tied into the definition of the award. But like when Nikita Kucherov finished twenty points ahead of anybody else in the points for the Hart Trophy, I voted for him for the Hart Trophy. You know, this is just one of those situations where. A look at the quality um, of defensemen and players around San Jose to help Eric Carlson do what he did this year. They're just not there. Uh, and I also think that a lot of people made some excellent cases out there that I read read up on um, just to kind of support my logic in this. Yeah, I thought Morrissey and Heiskanen were unbelievable this year. Yeah, he's not as... I don't think Eric Carlson is as defensively flawed as people make him out to be when they focus on the offense. So he got my number one. Adam Fox got number two. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin got number three for me. Just think he was incredible this year. Totally versatile. Um, Had people in Dallas definitely arguing with me uh, about that because Miro Heiskanen came in at number four on my list, and they believe that he's a better player than Rasmus Dahlin. And Josh Morris, he was number five on my list. All right, okay, next. As Eric and I are both going to blow our nose. Dying. Really, eh? <laughs> Not doing good. You got to play through anyway. pain sometimes. We'll, you and we'll, I burn the, we'll burn the tape. Exactly. The master the, the listeners and for the viewers. I'm grabbing my, my toilet paper here. It's a disaster. My favorite award is the Masterton anyway, so. No, go to the Lady Bing. We brought it up. Well, we're at the Lady Bing. And uh, I see the voting in front of us, and I, I can't help but think this is cropped out because I can tell you right now, there is somebody who gave a vote to someone that's not on this list as their number one guy. And uh, it was me. And I voted for Marc-Andre Fleury, number one on the list. No goaltender has ever won the Lady Bang because everybody looks at the Lady Bang and disregards the definition and just says, whoever has the most points and the least penalties is the guy who wins the award. And, um, you know, it took a long time to get... Jacob Slavin recognized. I see he's yeah. fourth on the ballot here, but to me, this was a no-brainer. Like Flurry played real quality minutes for most of the season, and he's a sportsman. When I when I think about this award, I honestly, I I can't think of a player who better personifies this award than Patrice Bergeron. I think he is the ultimate guy, and I don't know if he's ever won the award or ever been nominated for it. He's the ultimate gentleman. Because he he gets about forty penalties, forty penalty minutes a year. I mean, who cares? It's got nothing. To, the definition is is the player uh, who exhibits uh, the best sportsmanship with a high standard of play. Who who's who better personifies that than Patrick Bergeron or Marc Andre Fleury throughout the years? I can't believe 
we are so stuck in our ways with this award. It drives me nuts, but nobody cares about this award, and that's why it's gone the way it has. So I had Marc-Andre Fleury first. It was almost a bit of a protest vote. I want to see a goalie win this award. I want to see them recognize more. And if people look at it and see, oh, one vote went to that guy, maybe some of the voters will look at it and say, you know what, it's time we start considering the goaltenders of the game because and talk to other players in the league and find out what their reputation is from a gentlemanly conduct standpoint yeah. and you'll you'll see everyone would have that to say about mark andre Fleury. he's the ultimate competitor and, and a guy who everybody loves now uh, from 2006 to 2009 pavel datsik won this award four years in a row and then in 2010 2011 and 2013 at a rate of three times in four years do you know who else won this award uh brad richards at some point martin saint louis Habs coach Martin St. Louis won the Lady Bing three times in a, in a span of four seasons, 10, 11, and 13. Is that something? Listen, it's justified. And But, like, you just mentioned that. That was a 20-year span, basically. You just went over where it's all forwards. If you see a defenseman out there who's got four to eight penalty minutes on the season that plays upwards of 23 minutes a game, like Slavin. Yeah. He won it in twenty twenty one, by the way. Slater yeah, won he, it. He, and he deserved to. And it was there was a campaign to get him there because yeah. we never reward defensemen with this award, and yet it's much more impressive if they can go a long time without getting penalties than forwards. They're playing a lot more minutes and in, in much harder situations. Um, anyways, I had the other three. I had the three guys who were the finalists on my list, despite giving Mark Andre Fleury my first award, my first um, vote. It went Braden Point, Jack Hughes, Anzi Kopitar in that order right after. Anzi Kopitar won the award, obviously, and Jacob Steven yeah. was number five on my list. All right. Who else do we have? What other award? Selkie, Patrice Bergeron won it for the sixth time in what has become the Patrice Bergeron Award. Uh, they're yeah. going to end up naming this award after him when he uh, ends up retiring, which might be you know any day now. We'll see what happens, whether or not he's going to be back for another season or whether he's calling it quits. But, you know, Nico Hischer had an amazing year for the New Jersey Devils. But look, you know, 187 first-place votes for Bergeron. I mean, this guy ran away with it, like really ran away. That's amazing. So, um, so we have 197 voters, and 187 gave him a first-place vote, including myself. I'd love to know who the three people are that gave Nico Hischer a first place vote or Mitch Marner a first place vote or even Jordan Stahl a first place vote or even Andy Kopitar a first place vote because this was not only was this a slam dunk for Bergeron uh, in terms of him perennially having claim to the award it was his best defensive season ever so that's why 187 people gave him their first place vote. Pretty you know, easy his name call. is not there, and it's surprising in a way and not surprising in another way because his teammate is there. But it's Phil Deneau. Phil Deneau yeah. is not there, and obviously because, the you know, Kopitar got all the votes in L.A. But, yeah, hey, uh, Thomas Tatar, I believe, got more votes than Phil Deneau did. It's just one of those years. Yeah. The right guy won. I went, uh, I had Bergeron, Hichier, Barkov, Kopitar, Pedersen. Yeah. That's 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 a good vote, Eric. Next. Vesna, Linus Olmark. With all due respect to Linus Olmark, 
I, I think sometimes this award ends up going to the goalie that shielded the most and protected the most by his team. Sometimes it goes to the guy who stands on his head, and every now and then it goes to the guy whose team just plays so great in front of him. I don't want to take anything away from Omar. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's the best goalie in hockey, but he ran away with the voting. And I, I think this was, you know, his team was able to pull it off for him. Like, look, I could be wrong, but I don't think Olmark's better than Hellebuck. I don't think he's better than Ottinger. I don't think he's better than Vasilevsky. I don't think he's better than Shesterkin. I think there's several goalies in national hockey that are better than him, but he played on the right team who played a right brand of hockey in front of him. So good for him. Who did you have winning? I, I didn't. I mean, I have to do a deep dive on this because the GMs vote on the Vezina. Um, that's why you see the numbers are obviously a lot less. Yeah. Uh, as far as Olmark is concerned, if I was voting on this award, I would have looked at what his numbers were comparative to Swayman uh, and then to the rest of the league uh, and just what kind of impact he had. Yeah. Um, if I was voting on this award without doing any research at all, Connor Hellebuck would have been the guy I voted for. Uh, Ilya Sorokin obviously was fantastic with the New York Islanders this year, very deserving to be there. UC Saros is unbelievable. You know, he's, yeah. he's without him, Nashville would have finished below Montreal in the standings for sure. So Ken Neely didn't look overly excited for uh, Linus Olmark that he won the award. He doesn't look overly excited unless he's getting angry about something. So he's usually pretty chill, Cam Neely. Um, yeah, no, like, like I get this list and I get Allmark winning. You he's still get, upset that they got bounced in the first round. You can tell. It's tough. I mean, to have the type of season they had and get bounced. You know, if you look at the history in the NHL, and I think we talked about this earlier in the year, any team that has had a season that's close to what the Bruins did this year, with the exception of the Tampa Bay team that had 62 wins and lost in the playoffs, has won the Stanley Cup. So that that that's a tough one. But you know, full marks to all mark. I, I think he I think he deserved the award. Um, I think I don't think you could have gone wrong with the first five names on this list here. To be honest with you, I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure I understand why Vasilevsky is there. I don't think he had a season that was worthy of the Vesna, hence uh, one vote going his way. I wonder if the GM is is. I wonder if one of the rules in the GM's voting for this is that they're not allowed to vote for their own guy. That would be. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, I do know that uh, Olmark and Swayman combined uh, to win the uh, the Vesna. By the way, that happened. And uh, all right, the Hart Trophy in ending final one. Uh, and the Ted Lindsay you mean the Jennings, the Jennings, right? The Jennings, pardon me. Yes, the Jennings. Uh, also, uh, we didn't get to it, but uh, the Ted Lindsay Award, um, voted by the players, the best player in the league, went to Connor McDavid. Christopher Latang won the Masterton. Uh, Steven Stamkos won the uh, the Mark Messi Award, and uh, Jack Adams Award went to uh, for Coach of the Year went to Jim Montgomery, the Boston Bruins, and uh, the Hart Trophy. Uh, no surprise there went to Connor McDavid, who was in a class of his own this year. Uh, and he beat out David Pasternak. All right. Hey, by the way, I can't wait to see. I can't. Who writes? Who who writes the stuff for the National Hockey League? That award ceremony with everyone reading those stuff that those those scripts off the teleprompter and stuff like that. It was, it was awful, man. It was really bad. No, it was no, it was bad. Eric, it was bad. I think it was better than years past, but I'm not here to defend the NHL on that one, and I don't really care to be honest with you. I just want to see who won and what they were going to say. Um. I do I care. Also, I want this league to do things well. By the way, did, you, did you see the clip of Dana White that's made the rounds of social media that the Nelk boys 
said that they got a note from the National Hockey National Hockey League that they probably proposed their services to the NHL. And the NHL said they wanted nothing to do with the Nelk Boys, who, by the way, have a very, very um, prominent podcast called the Full Send Podcast. And uh, they said, we don't want nothing to do with you guys. And Dana White's using them to do all kinds of stuff. They're very involved with the UFC. And Dana White called the National Hockey League a bunch of old guys who don't know what they're doing, a bunch of old journalists and stuff like that. He's not wrong, eh? He's not wrong. I don't know. I mean, they, they're not exactly winning awards when it comes to marketing themselves. So, I mean, the, the NHL weekend and the award ceremony is just awful, man. Get a so, couple of, of, of writers and storytellers from the WWE, hire them, give them a contract, and make them take care of your NHL draft. I think draft you should your... do it. I think you should do it. You'd be great. You know what? Way, I'm, I'm not good at that stuff, but I'll do a better job than them. I guarantee you. But I'm not, so, that's not my level of expertise. So, my ballot for the heart. Is a, is a little different than what we see here, but only in one respect. Uh, Connor McDavid, obviously, I was one of the 195 people voting who gave him a first-place vote. Um, I can't wait to see who gave David Pasternak a first-place vote over Connor McDavid. I can only assume that it's somebody working in Boston because, uh, honestly, it's, it's hard for me to even understand that. But don't worry. Uh, our ballots are revealed on the Professional Hockey Writers Association website, I believe. Um, McDavid, Pasternak, Kachuk, in that order. That's what I got. Jack Hughes over Nathan McKinnon. And Jason Robertson over Nathan McKinnon. That's my ballot. So I like that because there's no hiding. You know what I mean? You get to see who everyone voted for and all that stuff. All right, okay. Uh we're going to wrap it up here soon. The Probably NHL a good app, idea. The NHL, uh, you and I are suffering big time. I appreciate you uh, you're, you, uh, um, plugging away here. Um, the NHL draft goes Wednesday night. Uh, I, don't have, I don't think I'm going to talk to you between now and then. I will talk to you after the draft. Is Kent Hughes going to make a trade like he did a year ago? You know what, man? Like, I'm not big into guessing. You know, when I when I know something is going to happen, I'm here to tell you right away. When I think something is very strongly, like there's a strong chance it's going to happen, I will tell you. Right now, I'd be guessing to tell you because I'm not sure what else they've had cooking. Um, if they end up walking away from the draft, having just drafted players, um, that would be a big surprise to me. But I can't even give you an idea of some sort of trade they might have cooking. Um, you know, there could be a p- couple players on their roster that they move out. Uh, Joel Edmondson is a guy that I would circle. Does he need to move Yeah, this week? Not necessarily. No. But there's a possibility he could move. There's a possibility he'll be back in Montreal to play they out his last a defenseman game. at the draft a year ago in Romanov. Yeah. I haven't given up on the Dubois thing. I don't think it's over quite until LA announces that a trade has been completed and a contract has been signed. Um, I can't wait for it to be over so we can talk about something else. I know, I know. I love Dubois out, man. So long as so long as he remains a member of the Winnipeg Jets, there is a possibility that he'll be a Montreal Canadian. Um, it's a faint possibility as we're speaking right now. It could grow larger in the next twenty four hours. Who knows? So we'll see. We'll see what Kent has uh, up his sleeve. All right, once again, I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 p.m., but on Wednesday night, draft night, what are you laughing for? 
I'm laughing because I'm sneezing as we're we're getting. Oh, okay. I made it, I made it 43 minutes without sneezing, but here yeah, we are. I think it's going to be very very tough for Shane to be able to find the clip of you not blowing your nose or me not blowing my nose uh, to make its way to social media. Burn. I don't know if he's going to be able to find one. Burn the tape. Burn the tape. All right. Okay. Uh, tomorrow night, same time, same place, 10 p.m. on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. special time. So when most of you get back from work, you know what you're doing. You're going to be watching the sick podcast. We're going to have a special show. We're going to have many collaborators. I'm going to go for three hours. Last time I did that was the honeymoon. Uh, but that's another story for another night. All right, Eric, thanks for doing that. Look, look, there he is. Look, this is okay, no ritual. I don't want to see any clips of this on Twitter. George right? Lorac usually, uh, usually has his, uh, his pillow nearby, and you and I have the toilet paper. You heard me, right? Burn this tape. Like, I don't want to. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, Eric. You have a good one. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right, there you have it. Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Uh, when I talked to him earlier today to confirm that he was coming on tonight, uh, I didn't quite know he had the sniffles like that. And to tell you the truth, neither did I. Maybe it's contagious. The more I saw him blowing his nose, the more I had to blow it. The more I was blowing my nose, the more he had to blow it. My God, these glasses look good on me. I'm telling you. Oof. Maui Jim. Send me a couple of pairs. Um, I like these because they're very light, you see? There's no weight on it whatsoever. Really, really nice. Hey, uh, special thanks to all of you for watching the Sick Podcast tonight, for watching it live on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Twitter. If you like it, like it, share it with your friends. Comment SICK, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. If you're going to listen to it on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's my way of feeling the love. Uh, and, you know, it's a beautiful moment of felicidad. Senti nell'aria c'è già la nostra canzone d'amore che va. Once again, a shout-out to uh, Joe Batista. This show was for you, my man, Joe and RDP, who's been following since day one. I'm thinking of you, buddy. Love you, man. All right. Um, and special thanks to, of course, all of our sponsors uh, who uh, bring you the sick podcast. A shout-out to Optimal Stretch Clinic, your one-stop shop where you can get acupuncture, but where they really specialize in fascial stretch therapy. Sam and Charlie do the co-owners. Check them out at OptimalStretchClinic.com. They're open seven days a week, and they're taking care of me and my family, and they're stretching us out like we've never been stretched out before. For Playground, for Energy Transportation Group, and for La Bitta TB, thank you for all your support. For Agnello and Sammy, who are at a convention in Orlando, Florida, for families of spinal muscular atrophy and in meetings every day, thinking of you guys. And for Shane Gaumont and Master Control, I'm Marinaro. Tomorrow night, same time, same place, 10 p.m. Talk to you then. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.